you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
spend your whole life doing something and then recognize the more I understand, the more I realize that I don't understand. And um, so understanding and knowing uh, the nature uh, of problems in people's lives and troubles that people go through, issues that people face, everybody faces issues. We all face them differently. And, and the truth is that any of us usually can handle uh, a test or a trial. Um, they happen often. How many of you know that that's right? Tests come, trials come, problems come, and offenses come. The Bible said offenses will come. That's the word of the Lord. They will come. And so how we handle these are so very, so very um, different and it is also very important how we handle uh, the things that we deal with. We have to be careful. Um, I know a few of you perhaps uh, have uh, joined in our change group. Uh, we're now on our second um, semester, maybe I should say, in change groups, which we've given our, our second uh, time through with a different group. And um, we learn a lot about ourselves. And um, it was in the Genesis Change Group that I, underst uh, I understood some things uh, that I personally deal with. And that is that um, I deal with stress by speeding up. And uh, for those of you that have been through Genesis process. I know Sister Lisa Lee came and took our whole church through, and uh, maybe most of you were part of that, or maybe you've been part of one of our change groups here um, and have understanding. And so I have a tendency, uh, I'm being vulnerable before everyone tonight, I have a tendency to deal with stress by speeding up. And uh, what I mean by that. If you're not familiar, is that I just move more quickly. I, I do more. I put more on my plate. The first time that I recognized this in my life was when I got received word that my mother uh, had cancer and it was terminal. I was 30 years old and I told my wife how I was going to handle this. And I said, I don't want you to become upset with me. I know we have children and other responsibilities, but I am going to bury myself in work. I'm going to take more work on. I didn't know the Genesis process at that time. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was doing it without knowledge and without understanding. And so I took more on. And I worked myself uh, silly during that time. It was a way that I, it was, it was my drug of choice, if you please. It was how I dealt with the grief of my mother's passing and uh, my mother's terminal illness and understanding the soon, soon coming passing and her passing and thereafter. And I didn't know at the time what I was doing, but I recognized it and then after some schooling and uh, classes, some 
classes where um, I learned some things about myself. Uh, in my 30s, I recognized that uh, what I had done was not as clearly identified uh, as it was when I uh, joined Genesis Change Group, uh, which took me a little more in depth into the why of my actions and what I to, to what I am going through. Now, not everyone responds to trauma. Not everyone responds to, to, to stress or anxiety or trouble, difficult uh, situations in life. The same. We all deal with them differently. Everybody has a go-to. For me, it's speeding up. I may pass you on the road driving above the speed limit. And when that happens, just say, Brother George is stressed today. Uh, it's true. It's just what happens. I just go faster, put more on my schedule, busy myself uh, because, I'm, because I'm struggling with oftentimes dealing with stress. And so my point of vulnerability to you, besides being uh, an, an unashamed plug for our Genesis program that we are doing here at the church, um, one of the things that I, reasons that I share this with you is because everybody deals with their stress differently. Um, we all have stress. Can I get an amen from those that have stress? We all deal with trial and test. Uh, just today, um, hearing reports of members of our church that are going through some very, very times of struggle, yet um, none of us know because they don't share it with the world. They don't carry it. Uh, they carry it well. They handle it well. Um, maybe not necessarily hiding, but it's their way of pressing through what they are going through. And uh, I'm not here tonight to talk this is not going to be a sad story. I actually have a very encouraging message that I intend to bring tonight, but I'm laying some groundwork for what I feel to talk to you about tonight. Everybody deals with their stress differently, their problems differently. And the enemy also deals with our weaknesses. In case you're not aware of this, the enemy always attacks you at your area of greatest vulnerability. Wherever your greatest weakness is, is where the enemy will attack you continually. We must be careful when we, have, when we are prone to particular weaknesses and uh, how we approach trials in life. Some people become angry and they act out in anger and they respond, they respond in anger. Uh, other people become silent, very quiet. Uh, I speed up. Um, everybody has their own specific response to all of the stress and trials. The first thing that I want you to understand in the, this long runway that I'm going to build for, for maybe not a, hopefully not a real long message, it is that you are not alone. The 
enemy would like for every one of us to believe that we are alone and that we are the only one that's dealing with the troubles of life, with stress, with troubles, with trials. As a pastor, one of the hats that I wear, of course, is to try to be there for every one of you when you're going through trials. Some of you let me know what you're going through and how I can help and what I can do. And of course, I am honored to fulfill that role in your life. Uh, when someone says, this is what I need and this is how that you could help. Others, of course, may believe that as a pastor, God wakes me up at 4 a.m. and tells me all the details of your life. And the truth is that I can only help those that let me know what they're going through. I can't read the minds. I, I can't always read um, sometimes maybe expressions and, and actions. Um, but I, can't, I don't always get that right. Not without there being clear communication. But it's not only me. There are other people in this church that genuinely care, that want to be there, that want to help you. And here's the issue. When you are going through dark trials and deep tests, burdens beneath the load of life, and the enemy tells you you are alone, the first thing you need to do is tell Satan, I am not alone. There is safety in being part of the kingdom of God and being part of the church of the living God. Um, now, we, we have to be careful. Um, we, can full, we, can, we can fulfill... Uh, I, I was talking to my wife about a situation some time ago, and I said, was talking about a specific situation not related to anything here tonight, but we were talking about something, and I said, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy, and it is that uh, some people uh, speak certain things and are so determined that they're going to live it out that they won't allow anybody to help them. They're determined that what they said is what's going to come to pass. And so uh, my, my point is, is we're all dealing with struggles and we're all dealing with trials and we all handle them differently. But if we'll reach to people around us, if we will allow people around us, there are people that will help us and that will encourage us. And as your pastor, I'm honored to be able to serve in the position that I serve. I deal with stress and troubles and trials and physical limitations and time limitations and financial limitations, just like everybody else. But just as much as any of you, if I called on you and said, regardless what I asked, uh, if somebody was in need, I have confidence that in, in uh, most everyone would respond with a, what do you need? I will be there. I will be helped. I thank God for the church. The longer that I live for God, the more I recognize the importance of prayer. 
It's I, I could come back and teach on prayer every Wednesday night and couldn't exhaust the subject of prayer or the importance of prayer. But the longer that I live, the more I value and the more I understand. Sometimes we think, well, when I can do nothing else, I'll go to God in prayer. My wife corrected me 15, 20 years ago, made a statement that stuck with me and has been powerful in my life since the moment that she spoke with it when I said, well, we have nothing left to do but pray. And my wife said, prayer is the best thing that we can do. And so I value your prayer and we value each other's prayers. I want to admonish the church tonight. If we, if we fail in many areas of our life, let's be strength to each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's speak positive of one another and strengthen one another and pray for one another. You do not know always what your brother or sister may be going through. We were talking about a gentleman the other day and somebody said he is the funniest man I have ever met. And they were talking about this person and about how funny he is. And someone else says, you know, he deals with a lot of inferiorities and and um, and and it struggles with um, a lot of self-esteem issues, and and there's a lot of struggles. And I made a statement to them and said, many people, a lot of some of the funniest people you meet in life, the people that rely on humor as their as their um, as, as their way to get through life, they it, they they laugh their way through some of their greatest insecurities. So we all deal with things differently, but there are certain patterns and things that we must, we must be careful of and understand. Now, when we are praying and when we are in, our, in, our, uh, in the Scripture and we are studying and we are looking for devotion and we are searching the Scripture for something that strengthens us and encourages us we need to we need to sometimes take the word of god and literally speak the word of god over our situation i come tonight because this has been one of those weeks that not one or two but many that i know and this isn't discernment this isn't i'm not standing here as a prophet or as one that's that's filled with discernment, that is speaking to you in some spiritual gifting tonight, but I come very real with you because I know many of you are dealing with very significant issues in your life. And I feel tonight to speak to you on a subject that uh, I believe the Lord would have me speak to you on tonight and give you a word of encouragement, if I may. In Micah, the seventh chapter, in verse number eight, I'm going to read one word, one verse with you, and I'm sure it'll be on the screen, and I want you to, uh, to just read it out loud with me because it may be a word for somebody in this room tonight. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost that somebody needs to take this scripture that I am going to read, and we're going to read together tonight, and we need to declare it over our own personal life. We're going through it. We're under the load of it. We feel like the enemy's knocked us down. 
but we need to stand on the Word of God. I want you to read it with me, and I want you to read it with authority over the enemy that would want you to believe that you're never going to be back on your feet again. All right, let's read it together. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be light unto me. I want you to thank God for that verse right now. Thank you, Lord. I know many's going through it, and a lot of people are struggling. You've been hit harder than you've ever been hit before. But I'm going to tell you, it's not just your imagination that the enemy is coming against you. He wars against your mind. He wars against your spirit. He wars in every way. He tries to turn you against people. He'll try to turn us against one another. He'll try to destroy our health. He'll try to destroy our mind. He'll try to destroy our peace. He'll cause us to lose sleep over issues that aren't worth losing sleep over. He'll put thoughts in our mind that are not real because he knows, Satan knows that his days are numbered. And I'm going to go a little further. He knows that there are some of us that are a real threat to hell. And if he can sidetrack our attention off of the things of God and get us focused on other things, he can, he can captivate our attention and destroy our effectiveness. Why does he do it? He does it because of your anointing. Isaiah chapter 10 speaks of a time that, there, that every burden is going to be take, taken away and there is the yoke that is on thy neck that it shall be destroyed. And then he makes a statement and he said it is because of the anointing. Let me tell you tonight that when you're going through the worst days of your life, the best thing that you can do is get in the anointing and allow God to saturate your spirit. That's why our daily prayer is important. That's why our corporate worship is important. That's why coming together in the house of God is important. I don't want to allow anything in life to hinder me from being in the presence of God. I need his spirit. I need his help. I need his power. I need his strength. The enemy would like to pull us away and, and, and keep us out and make us think that if we'll become reclusive and what we need are breaks and time off and nothing wrong with taking a vacation. But I'm going to tell you that if you read the scripture and study the scripture strong enough, you're going to understand that it was under a juniper tree alone that the prophet of God wanted to destroy his own life. Being alone is not what you need. What you, need. you need relationship in the body of Christ. We need to be together. We need to come together so much the more as we we see the day approaching. We need one another. And we need to come together in the house of the Lord. When the enemy knows that you are a real threat to hell and that 
you have the ability to to reach people and, and pull them out of the pits of hell with your testimony, with your word, with, with your effectiveness, with your voice, with your, with your giftings that God has placed upon you. He will fight you and he will fight you more than anyone else. My wife shared a, a, a clip with me this week and I've just been so stirred in my spirit. Uh, I, I perhaps... Uh, may share it with you this weekend, uh, but the enemy, the enemy is is very very real. There was an interview that was done. Some of you may have seen the interview, um, and in this video clip that my wife shared, there was one of the high ranking uh, people uh, in satanic worship uh, talked about what their role and their job in the satanic church was. And then this, this lady begins to speak about her job, and she said it is to infiltrate the church and infiltrate the church, and she kept talking about to cause abortions and uh, to destroy the babies. And eventually, while I first was listening on the surface, of the words that she was saying and how that she was uh, talking in the church, that, that, that her role was in the church, I later understood. She said, my job was to cause people to become offended at one another. She said, my job is to cause the song leader to become offended at the pastor and the worship leader offended to, uh, at the keyboard player and the usher offended at the greeter and, 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 and on and on. And she said, before long, what happens are the innocent babies get ignored because the church is caught up in, in fighting and feuding and frustration. And she said, if she said uh, th- those that aren't doing anything in the kingdom of God... We're not worried about them. She said, we already have them. She said, but you know who we want? We want to get a hold of the ones that are able to make a difference. Here's what the person said. Am I right? Is this what she said? She said, we want to reach and get a hold of the worshipers. Said, we want to get a hold of the worshipers. Let me share something with you because most of my life I think I have heard people say and I have introduced people that's come to the pulpit to preach and say, now after worship service is over, now we've come to the most important part of the service and that is preaching. Preaching is the most important part of the service to the lost. For the preaching of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, for the gospel being preached to the sinner is the only way that they can be saved. Preaching is the only way that they can be saved. It is very important, but do you know what the most important thing to God is? It's not the preaching, because preaching is for you and I. It's how we get fed. But worship is to God. It's how He gets fed. 
It may go against some of our nature, some of our culture. It may go against some of the way that we're used to things. But I'm going to tell you, Christian Life Church needs to be a worshiping church. You know why? Because every one of us need to make sure that our praise is going up to the nostrils of God as a sweet-smelling savor. Yes, we need preaching. That's what feeds our soul. But our worship is what moves heaven. It's more than creating an atmosphere. Our worship is important to God. It's not just about being cheer, somebody up in the, on the platform cheerleading and, and, and we're responding to the singer or responding to the preacher, but our worship is responding to God. See, we think, do you know giving is part of worship? I had no intention of going here in this message tonight, but giving is part of worship. And do you know what the scripture said? When we give here, he receives it in heaven. Here, it is received by man. But there, it is received by God. So when we give, if we don't, if we don't have good understanding, we feel like, well, we're just giving this money to the church. No, if we have a I'm giving the money to the church mentality, somewhere we'll get offended because the church bought the wrong color of whatever we were, we were supposed to buy and you didn't like the color and you felt like you were giving to the church. But when we give it unto the Lord, see here we give it to men, but he receives it in heaven, I don't have time to break it all out for you. Maybe I'll do that in a few days. But I'm going to tell you something. That your worship and your prayer are a threat to hell. The person being interviewed in that video said, if I can stop the, if I can cause enough confusion in the church to cause the church to stop worshiping, the Spirit of God stops flowing not dealing with any issues in the church. I'm just telling you about an interview that, that I read because this is a spiritual thing. Because when we go through things, it affects our spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, mm. revealing the inward parts. Do I need to break that down for you? We must be careful. Because the expression, the words, the action, everything about us is revealing what is going on on the inside. In Acts chapter 28, we read a story about the Apostle Paul. He was in trouble. They were, he was, he was on a boat and um, he was on his way to a place called Melita. And he shipwrecked, and there were barbarous people, the Bible said, that's there. And Paul gathers a bundle of sticks to put them in the fire, and a viper comes out of the, the fire and bit the apostle on the hand. And 
when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, they, they knew they knew about that viper. They knew what that viper would do. They, they knew that that viper, when it bit someone, that death was imminent. That they wouldn't live long, that they would die. And the Apostle Paul goes over and shakes off the viper back into the fire. And the viper is killed in the fire. And they waited and they, they watched from a distance. Watch this now. They watched from a distance and waited for the Apostle Paul to die. But after, the Bible said, but after, Acts 28 verse 6, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said, that he was a God, little g, God. Being interpreted by many that he was a soothsayer or a fortune teller or a witch of sorts. In this passage, Paul is being transported by ship to stand before Caesar for the testimony of his faith. Paul warns them of what was going to happen. He told them of the calamity ahead. And they didn't listen. Now, can I just be real with you for a little bit tonight? If we're all honest, every one of us, perhaps, if we're, if we're honest enough, we would all say we could have saved ourselves a lot, lot of heartache if we would have just listened to good godly counsel. The Apostle Paul told them, calamity's going to come, don't say it. Well, they thought he was being selfish, right? Of course, you don't want to go and have to stand trial. We're not going to listen to you. This is a selfish motive. So what does the Apostle Paul do? He gets on the ship with them, probably without choice, probably chained. He's tied, on the, tied up on the ship. They could have avoided a lot of hardships if they would have listened to good advice. But they ignored his advice and God was still merciful enough to save them. He sent an angel to Paul with a message. I've given you all them that sail with thee. Now listen, this is a prophetic word. You've got to understand this. This is the power of prophecy. You receive a prophetic word, and then you end up on an island with a bunch of barbarians and biting vipers. But the word of the Lord was, I've given them all to you. doesn't feel that way. Doesn't feel like you've given them to me. Doesn't feel that way. I don't see it. And the Lord is saying, well, yeah, but 
because until they go through all of these things that I've got planned for them to go through and you to go through, because until you go through shipwreck and a viper bite and I prove myself to them through you, did you just get that? God is saying I have to prove myself to them, to the unbelievers, through you. Listen, when you are going through the things you're going through, it can be unto you as a testimony. You can either become bitter or you can use it as a testimony. I'm going through it. I'm going through struggle. I I don't like what I'm going through. It's hardship. It's trial. It's test. I talked to my father a few days ago. He was 89 years old, not in good health. He's been dealing with a lot of health issues. Been falling a lot. Pretty much moved to a wheelchair for most of his movement. I talked to him. A little while after I talked to him, he fell again, fallen several times. And I talked to him the following day, and he was, of course, pretty stove up from the fall, not feeling well, struggling physically. And he said, well, son, I'm, this is just what happens when you get married. And he started talking negative negative about his health, negative about, and that's not my father. And he was talking about it not being much longer for him. It was very, very negative. And I tried to encourage him, but it seemed that he was really deep and dark in the moment that he was in, the way he was feeling, all the things that was affecting him. I told him, Dad, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to God's going to strengthen your body but above all you're going to be, you're going to feel the touch of his spirit. I got off the phone, I was driving down the road and I started praying and I said, "God, visit with my dad where he's at right now. Let him feel you. Let him feel your presence. He's unable to go to church right now. Can't get out, can't get around." He's not feeling well today. You've had angels visit other people. Lord, send an angel to visit him. Send your spirit to right where he's at right now. And I just pray. I was driving down the road. Tears were in my eyes and I was praying for my father. I don't really even remember ending the prayer. I remember driving for a while in prayer for my dad. And a little while later, I called him back. And we began to talk, and he was speaking completely different. And he starts talking about the goodness of the Lord. And he starts sharing with me how that he just got to thinking about the goodness of Jesus and how strength and encouragement came to him. And I didn't didn't tell him what happened because I didn't want to reveal my covenant. But I'm going to tell you what happened. The Lord helped him change his view from on everything that was going wrong in his life 
to what was going right in his life. And when that happened, he started feeling better. My brother-in-law had a, a, a birthday on Monday, and I got a picture where my dad was able to get out of the house and go to the restaurant and celebrate a birthday with some of my family members. Only a few days after he felt like he had come to the end. Listen, the enemy will put thoughts in your mind and make you believe your ministry is over. Make, make you believe that you're never, I feel the Lord right now. The enemy will cause you to believe things that are not real, to see things that are not real. And I'm going to tell you, there will even be some like the barbarians that will stand off at a distance and will watch you get snake bit and wait to watch you die. But you've got to learn to just shake some things off and declare in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to die from it. It's not going to beat me. I'm not, come on, you've got to shake it off. I don't know what you're going through tonight. Oh, I feel the ministering spirit of the Lord here. But somebody right now needs to just declare, I'm shaking this off in Jesus' name. This is not going to get me down. This is not going to overcome me. I am shaking this off and strength will come and ministering spirits will be with you and the Lord will help you. Oh, let's lift our hands and just give God praise. Yes, Lord. Not everybody be seated for just a few more minutes. Not everybody. Not everybody that is around you is going to be for you. There's always going to be barbarians. You just can't let them be the final word. I told somebody going through a very hard time this week. Oh, there's been so much. So much I told somebody going through a very hard time this week. My wife was with me, and I just spoke it firmly and strongly and declared this. The enemy is not the final word. God always has the final word. I know it seems final. I know it seems dark. I know it seems dreary, but God has the ability to speak. And when he speaks, everything will change. Paul was anointed of God. There was anointing in his life. And it was that anointing that made the difference in his life. This serpent that bit him was of a variety that he should have died from it. There were people waiting to watch him die. It was like a freak show. Let's just stand and wait until we watch a man die. Nobody was helping him. Nobody ran to his rescue. If he would have died, they would have said things like, I knew he wasn't going to make it. I knew that marriage would never last. I knew they couldn't afford that when they bought it. 
I, I knew that ministry was never going to flourish. I, I knew they weren't qualified for that position. I, I knew their children were going to end up like that. Who do they think they are? They should have just settled like the rest of us. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The enemy's talked to me as much as he's spoken or maybe more than he's spoken to you. See, some of us, we have to sort between when the enemy's speaking and when it's just those voices in our head. You'll get that when you go home. And sometimes the enemy is the voice in your head. You should have never tried it. You should have never stepped out on it. The, the limb, you... Never, never taken the step of faith. They were waiting to call the dots. Paul disappointed them because he said, I'm just shaking if I don't get what I want. I've got a feeling that some in this room that I'm speaking to on this Wednesday evening. The Lord laid this on my heart just moments before service. And this is unlike me. And this is unlike Wednesday night. The Lord laid this. I've been feeling this for some time. But the Lord dropped it and said yes in my office this evening. And I knew it was from the Lord. But I feel like some of you are going to disappoint some people that believe you're going to fail. You're going to disappoint some people that's been standing around just waiting for you to go back to, to, to Egypt. Just waiting for you to go back to your life of sin. Just waiting for you to go back to the old. I've got a feeling some of you are going to disappoint some people to tell them I'm never going back. I'm staying, I'm staying with Jesus. He's going to say, I've got to tell you tonight, the best place you could be is in the middle of what God is doing, under the flow of the anointing, under the protection of the anointing of God. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not dead yet. I'm still, still going. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're never going to be bitten again. Never fight another battle. Never cry another tear. Never spend another sleepless night. But I am saying that I'm going to praise him while I live. I'm going to praise him while I live. I am not going to allow what I'm going through to discourage me to the point that I fail God with my praise. Come on, Christian Life Church. A lot of us would do a lot better if we would just change the whole environment of our worship service and we would turn this place upside down with everything we have and say, I'm giving my best to God because he gives his best to me. I don't care if I don't like the song, I'm worshiping. I don't care if I can't understand the lyrics, I'm worshiping because worship gets the attention of God. And when the attention of God is gotten, everything changes.
none of you wants you dead. Yes, he does. If you're making a difference, he wants you dead. If the enemy's not fighting you, you've got bigger problems. Uh-huh. That interview I told you about, she said, those that don't make a difference, those that don't worship, those that don't pray, we don't, we, we didn't worry about them. We already had them right where we wanted them. They were just filling a seat and just, and, 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 mm. listen, the enemy, the enemy's not worried, but you know who he's worried about? He's worried about those that show up to church on Wednesday night. I feel the Holy Ghost so powerful tonight. I'm telling you, God could do a miracle in somebody's life in this room tonight. He could do a miracle in your mind. He could do a miracle in your home, in your family. He could turn things around for you tonight. There is enough faith in this room right now to move a mountain. Oh, somebody ought to speak to that mountain that you've been climbing for a long time and speak to it right now and declare, be moved and cast into the sea. Oh, let's just seek the Lord for a moment. Oh, but we're still here. We're, just stand with me right where you are. I've got a bunch more teaching and preaching to do tonight, but we're just going to let the Holy Ghost do what he's wanting to do right now. Come on, you've made it this far. God's not going to leave you here. God's not going to leave you right where you are. You've made it this far, and God is still with you. Come on, you've got to just reach out to him right now. Let's just turn this into a prayer service just for a moment. Come on, we've got a few minutes. I'm early tonight. If you want to walk to the front, come to the front. But we need to pray and worship our way through some of the things that you've been facing. We need to put them on the altar tonight. We need to put it in the hands of God tonight and declare no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Come on, speak it by faith. That's a scripture for somebody tonight. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. God is in control. God is in control. God's going to bring you through it. Oh, come on, believe him. Let's pray right now. In the name of the almighty God of heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, every weapon that these good people have been coming up against, Lord, Lord, your word declares that they would be formed, but that they would not prosper. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, every hand that would exalt itself above God and the things of God will be brought down in their life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, come on, let's just Spend a few moments uh, seeking the Lord right now. Just feel some freedom right now. If you feel like praying for somebody, step to where they are and gather with them right now. And let's pray with them. The Lord is in this room right now to strengthen somebody, to minister to somebody, to help somebody. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're anointed for this hour. You're anointed for this season. Oh, in the name of the Lord. Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, it's not, it's possible with you, Lord. It's possible with you, Lord. It's possible with you, Lord. God, you're going to see us through. God, you're going to see us through. 
It may be painful in our life, but God, we know that it is not fatal. Lord, it may be affecting us, but God, it's just a little while, and this too is going to pass. Trouble won't last always, God. Your word declares that times of refreshing shall come in the presence of the Lord. And here we are in your presence tonight, God, seeking your face right now. God, I seek your face for my brothers and sisters in this room, for every person, God, that's been battling it alone. God, I pray right now that ministering angels move to where they are and strengthen them and lift them up and encourage them. Oh, in the name of the Lord, every voice that's been exalted against them. Bring it down by the power that is in the name of Jesus for no tongue shall rise against them and prosper in the name of the Lord. Victory is, is theirs. Victory is mine. And I'm going to walk in victory. And I'm going to walk in faith. And I'm going to walk in liberty right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, uh, that health crisis that they've been battling, Lord, you're going to give them strength to endure. God, that emotional stress they've been under, God, you're going to give them overcoming power. Oh, in the name of the Lord, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us the spirit of love uh, uh, and of peace uh, and of a sound mind. Oh, God, you're going to strengthen every person, Lord, every mind. Lord, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the sick say, I am healed. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody, don't stop short. The hand of the Lord is on you right now. I feel the hand of the Lord moving in this house tonight. Oh, I feel his presence refreshing somebody right now. Oh, be refreshed in the Holy Ghost right now. Be refreshed in the Holy Ghost right now. Listen, if you're in the room and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you ought to walk to the front of this room right now because the power of God is so powerful that he will strengthen you right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can receive it right now. If you need a miracle in your life, you ought to just start thanking God for it right now because you can receive your miracle in this room on this Wednesday night oh, in the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, if you need joy in your life, you need to declare it, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Come on, declare it in the name of Jesus. If you need peace in your life, you need to declare it, peace is mine. I declare it in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Come on, let's just take a few minutes and just worship him. Just worship him tonight. Just worship him tonight. Come on, the devil is not going to have his way with you. We're going to shake it off tonight in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Come on, our testimony is going to another level. Our testimony is going to a greater level because we're coming through it and out the other side of it. God's going to use what you've been through to strengthen somebody else, to encourage somebody else, to minister to somebody else. Come on, your faith is going to take you to places that you've never been before. Come on, somebody's going to get healed because of your testimony. Somebody's going to be an overcomer because of your testimony. Hallelujah. Come on, faith doesn't exempt you from the bite of the viper, but faith will allow you to shake it off and to declare, I'm not dead yet. My time's not up yet. God's not finished with me yet. Oh, let's just love the Lord a few more moments tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll lift your hands right now and just praise the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Come on, you need to praise him from the bottom of your heart. He has sent his spirit here on a Wednesday night to strengthen and encourage somebody. I had a whole different direction I was planning to go tonight, but the Lord just took over. The Lord just moved us in this direction right now because he saw you at the point of your need. He saw you where you are. Come on, reach out to him right now. Reach out to him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, declare to him, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them you're not going under, you're going over. In Jesus' name. When you feel like you're drowning, the Lord is going to be there to rescue you. In Jesus' name, why don't you turn and pray for somebody right next to you right now. If you have a need, share it with them. If you want to share it, share with them right now. Find somebody to pray with, everybody, in the pew, in the front. Find somebody to pray with right now. I want you to pray for their need. Take a moment and share that need if you feel like it, if you're comfortable doing so. God, in your name, Lord, in your name, Lord, God is able to do just what he said he would do. Oh, come on, seek the Lord for a moment. God is able to do. But 
Jesus, what he said he would do, he will stand by his word, and he will come through, say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, oh, it won't work. Come on, lift your voice and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, oh, it won't work, say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, oh, it won't work for God will do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word. He will come. Somebody declare that. Say, God will do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word. He will come through. 